We're back. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Per usual, my name is AJ Kierens, and I am the host of this adventure. We thank each and every one of you for taking the chance and taking the opportunity to join us on this hop-infused, dry-hop, sour-kettled, barrel-aged adventure. We have a little something for everybody, and we are excited to be back here with you. We had a wonderful week on vacation. Uh, The adventure started in Harrison, Maine, where we go every year to a nice little cabin on the lake, Crystal Lake. It was amazing. And we had to spend some time in Portland, Maine, met some wonderful people, had some great food, wonderful beverages, and it was just a lot, a lot of fun. So thanks to Maine Beer Company, Liquid Riot, Austin Street Brewing, Bissell, everybody up there is just just wonderful. Nova, the crew over there at Nova Beer Cafe was amazing. It was great to meet everybody. Got to meet Heidi Geist. It was just just a lot of fun. We had a great time. Like I said, the food is killer. Lobster rolls galore. Head over to Slab in Portland if you're in the area. Amazing pizza and just tons and tons of fun. Also, Dutch's for breakfast. Now, in the New England area, there's a Dutch's, D-U-C-H-E-E-S. That's not the place. D-U-T-C-H apostrophe S. Killer breakfast, killer killer hash browns, and just tons of fun over there. So check that out. But we're up to episode number 22, Bainty Dose. Crazy. Yes, it is crazy. But we're not stopping. We got a lot of goodies for you. We got a lot of things in the in the pipeline for you. We're working on some uh, cool things that will be happening. We've been reached out by reached out to by a couple folks. So cool things are in the works. Starting to brainstorm some merchandise and just get it out there to the masses. So you saw the press release. We do have our third 12-pack lockdown, and we are actively finalizing the fourth. So that will put us up to roughly 48 artists. There's 52 weeks in a year. You do the math. First episode, we featured four artists. So we will, once we get up to about 56 uh, or 55 or 56, that'll be a full year. So we are more than humbled by this experience in this opportunity but we're only at 22 so let's not count those chickens episode number 22 features sarah shannon she is the one and only sarah shannon of foggy london town the collective we that makes that that makes that happen foggy london town and sarah are responsible for the labels of triple crossing brewing down there in richmond virginia she also works with black heath meadery get your meat on with a D and yeah she's great it was really great to talk to we love the entrepreneur we love kind of the sole proprietors and it was just a really great experience to talk to her about her process some funny things happened during the way and it was just a really good experience so we learned a lot I know at first when we had talked uh, over email a few times she was hesitant about being on the project and a lot of folks let their speaking you know with their art so I think that really I really appreciate that when some artists may be a little timid at first to, to jump on board and I know folks are concerned how things are going to sound how they're going to come off but just like those great barrel aged beers you let them sit take them out let them warm up a little bit it definitely get some different characters and flavors as it goes so it was a great opportunity to speak with Sarah I really like what she's doing I really like her process and the insight. And also, I think it was really cool. Some of the things we talked about reminded me when we talked to uh, Matt Leach, who does work with Virginia Beer Company and also Brothers, uh, among others, is the insight and kind of guidance they gave. If somebody's a young, you know, kind of entrepreneur or business person who's looking to maybe take that leap or just out of school, 
There's some good insights here. We're dropping knowledge was dropped. I can say that. If there was a stamp, we would just stamp the shit out of it. Knowledge dropped. Boom. But without further ado, this is episode number 22. Sarah Shannon, Foggy London Town, Triple Crossing, 16 ounce canvas. Other words, stopping and saying them in a way right here. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. As usual, I'm AJ, and really excited to have with us Sarah Shannon, who's joining us from the Richmond, Virginia area. She is the owner and founder of Foggy London Town, so thank you so much for joining us today, Sarah. Thank you very much. Excellent. So, um, just want to, yeah, just really wanted to take the time to thank you for being a part of it. You know, uh, Sarah and I have played, I wouldn't say phone tag, but email and other... Um, avenue tag for for a very long time so I, i'm glad we were able to, to lock this one down yeah definitely excellent so let's just kind of uh take a step back you know the reason that we're uh we connected with sarah was through the work that she's currently doing with triple crossing brewing out of uh, richmond virginia if you haven't had a chance to go check them out triplecrossingbeer.com is the website um, but we just want to, even before that, we want to kind of just get the, the Sarah story. You know, how did you get into, you know, design and illustration and what's kind of your, your, your backstory? My backstory. So how did I get into design and illustration? Um, I've always done design and illustration. You know, I started doing that when I was a little kid and then I went to VCU. They have a great graphic design program. So I, I graduated from there and then I started working, I stayed in the Richmond area, and then I started working at um, one graphic design firm for a while right after college, and then I moved over to another, and then I was a designer there. I got promoted to art director um, roughly at some point once I started working like full, like lots of hours during the day. I kind of started drinking beer a lot more, um, so that was sort of my intro into craft beer, um, and then I kind of combined the two once I left the... Um, the art director position where I was, I started up Foggy London Town in 2013, and Triple Crossing was actually one of the um, first clients that I actually got on my own. I kind of stalked them relentlessly until they agreed to work with me because I did love craft beer so much, and there's such a big booming craft beer scene in Richmond. I mean, every year there's several craft breweries opening up in the area. I mean, it's, it's saturated, but in a really good way. So, um the chance to kind of combine, you know, my love of art and design and everything with the craft beer scene is, is perfect for me. So that's kind of my start. Triple Crossing was sort of my start, you know, my foray into um, designing for a brewery. So That's awesome. Now, yeah. Yeah. Now how did, what, what, uh, recommendations do you have? What, what is the best stalking technique for, for getting a, a, a brewery as a client? Uh, I'm a really, really good stalker. Uh, I try not to be creepy and scare the potential client away, but I'm really good at it. So uh, I, I think I had read an article that Triple Crossing, they were just sort of getting up and running the same time I was getting Foggy London Town up and running. So like 2013, uh, I think I read like a Richmond Biz Sense article, and I'm like, yes, this is perfect. I need a you know another client. I need a cool name. I need you know a cool like a brewery to me. Seem like God, that would be so awesome to design like packaging and labels and stuff. You know for something that I really know a lot about. Um, so I think I I sent an email to Adam, the one of the the three owners, and I'm like, hey, look, I love craft beer. I'm a graphic designer. I know the building. Like the the first building that they moved into, I knew that building really well. It used to be a print shop. So like. 
I knew the area, I knew the location, and I'm like, this is why I'd be great for you. And then I think I followed up with a phone call, and I basically just kept sending emails until he's like, okay, you know, you may know what you're talking about. So we met up, we actually met for beer, for craft beer for our first meeting, and uh, I convinced him that despite the stalking, I'm not, like, totally crazy. So uh, I think I, I won him over at that point, um, and we started up a, a couple small trial projects, and he really liked what I did for him. So we went from there, and I've been working with them on since 2013 uh, on every single project they have, and they have a lot of stuff. They're growing really quickly, so, so it's worked out. It's been a really cool relationship, and, and I'm happy that I did stalk them. Yeah. There you go. There, there's some advice. No, I, I... <laughs> creepy stalker just do it right and you'll be okay well i I think it's important i think the one good thing i've come to love about the craft beer scene is that you know is that entrepreneurial spirit and you know kind of getting from that point of being a brewer and making the beer to then that next phase of having the the tap room or the tasting room however you want to describe it and getting the location and having a having a sense and a layout to the, the location and it's I don't know. I think aesthetically and just visually, a lot of these places yeah. are, are really great, and I think it adds a whole other dimension to it—the social aspect of it. Right, and like uh, I think craft craft brewers, they tend to be very experimental. They tend to be very open-minded. So it's it's really cool for me um, to start up a relationship with them because they're usually really open to my ideas. You know, they're not like hell bent on their own idea. Like they, that's what they thrive on. They thrive on trying new things and, you know, trying new recipes and new beers and everything. And so that translates really well for me as a designer, because they're willing to kind of just trust, um, some of my suggestions and, and try some of my ideas out. So it's, it's a really cool, um, type of client to have. Yeah, I think that's I think that's perfect because right. You, I mean, every the new styles or things that are popular or those you know one-off beers or it's all about experimentation and being open-minded. And it would suck from a consumer perspective, you know, if 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 they were all the same. So that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to learn something here too. So it's definitely a little self. <laughs> look, definitely a little self-serving. But I, 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 the horizon. Yeah, I really know, and I and. If like I if like I've said before, if you go to uh, Sarah's website, Foggy London Town, town is spelled very in the old English way with the N E. So check of that. Of course. Yes, of course, because that definitely won't of throw course, won't throw way, yeah. right. That won't throw people off though when we tell them Foggy London Town. So we'll have to figure a way to to share that. So just click the link, folks. We'll put it up there. Just just we'll dumb it down for you and make it really easy. Foggy <laughs> London Town. Now what I like is you know on your website obviously is the kind of the range of design um elements that you're working on you know packaging to to layout to to print um it's really it's really impressive especially for the for the team over there the we that's rocking it out over there that's right <laughs> the we yeah yeah Sarah and I share the the one person we um which is one of our secrets so we're just dropping knowledge all, dropping knowledge all over the place for everybody <laughs> that's right yeah, so how would you describe, and this might be a cringeworthy question, but uh, unfortunately I, I ask it to everybody, so unfortunately for you, um, but it's uh, how would you describe your, your aesthetic from a design or kind of, um, yeah. How- um, well, kind of to your point, like you said, on my website I do have a, a pretty wide variety of work. You know, I, I will have to do work for the law firm sometimes, the annual report, you know, it's, it's got to be a little bit more serious or a little bit more classy. But personally, um, my aesthetic, my, my kind of style that I prefer, that I like to do is kind of quirky, really bright, you know, fearless colors. I like to incorporate a lot of hand-drawn elements, particularly like 
um, with triple crossing. I do a lot of things with ink on, and I'll, I'll do like hand-drawn illustrations, and then I scan them into the computer, and then I start adding some of the more digital elements to them, um, or I'll clean them up. So like I, I like bright colors. I like quirky. I like hand-drawn. Um, I like to get a little bit funky. Uh, I tend to like to distress and kind of dirty things up a little bit. Um, I like a lot of texture, a lot of layers. Um, I, so I like really huge files, um, gigantic file sizes. Um, but yeah, like that's that's sort of my own personal. Like if I were just doing artwork for fun, that's what I would be doing. And, and I am actually really lucky that I have a, a lot of clients that let me do my own personal style and let it show through. And then the challenge. Um, with that is making everything unique to each client. You know, I can't just have my style and have it look the same for every single client. So you do have to kind of tailor and make it individual to them and to their personality. But uh, I am really lucky that I have a lot of really cool clients that kind of let me just run loose, you know, and um, and kind of do my, my own style, my own aesthetic. Yeah, I th- I think that I think that you, there's a there's kind of a fluidity to your stuff. But I think that's that's one of the things I really find interesting is you have something that you might, you know, your fallback or, you know, go to and try to make it, having a, a diverse portfolio of clients, you can't say, okay, well, everyone's going to get this font, everyone's going to get this layout, everyone's going to, you know. Exactly. You can't, art and design, you know, can't, doesn't work well if it's formula driven, you know, I think, so I think that's really, I think that makes it really amazing, but also must be a little stressful or challenging if you're designing something and you're like, oh, but then you're like, ooh, this could look like so-and-so or that could look like so-and-so and especially being... Yeah, a, like for me, it's, it's kind of like a fine balance that, you know, you want to tailor everything to the client. You don't want every single thing that I do to look identical, but at the same time, I want my style to show through so that if people see something, they're like, oh, that looks like it came from Foggy London Town or that looks like Sarah Shannon designed it. You know, I like having my own style just like an artist. Um, but, you know, it is it is a fine balance trying to... Um, you know, make it unique for every single client so that, you know, one client isn't looking over at, you know, someone else's work saying, hey, that looks too much like what you did for me. So, so it's, it's a tricky thing, but um, it's a fun challenge always, and, and it is interesting trying to find that balance. Yeah, now how, how many clients are you currently working on at one given time? It's, that's that's another area which I always find amazing is the, the being able to, to juggle so many different balls of near. Oh, uh, that's a and I mean, that's that's a hard question. I'm I have a lot of clients. I'm just trying to think like on a regular basis. You know, I might have ten different clients in a day that I'm kind of bouncing back and forth between projects. Um, overall, gosh, I I couldn't even tell you how many clients I have. But you know, it's it's not uncommon for me to switch gears. You know, um, ten or fifteen times uh, on projects during the day, and so that's that's another sort of challenge and another sort of trick that you know you're focused on one thing and then like, oh God, there's a phone call. You got to switch gears or, you know, an email just came in and you got to, you know, it's like you can't not read it. You know, sometimes I have to just turn my emails off so I can focus on one project. So that is sort of a challenge there. It's just like trying to be creative um, and trying to get into like the weird mindset of one project and then another project pops in or, you know, you've got your deadline, you know, looming for something else. So that is, that's like the curse of the graphic designer having to, uh, you know, try and tackle that and figure it out. So it's always interesting. Yeah, I, I, that's, I'm, I'm trying to schedule, I have one thing I'm trying to get, you know, you know, interview and then all that. So just to manage, having multiple differences. I and mean, if I was trying to do multiple interviews or podcasts with different themes and throughout the day and what have you, plus my real yeah. life. So I, I think it, 
I just I, I I'm always drawn to the entrepreneur and the the small business owner. I just think it's a really important part, just in general, in art design and the way the way things look. I saw. I'm just really I'm just a fan of what you do. I think it's really um, impressive. And then to do it on your own is you know is a you know one woman shop, you know, I think, it, I think it's great. So right. I'm, just, I'm just a big, big advocate. And I, I, I love, <laughs> you have to have like a lot of insane focus because there's so many distractions too. And like, I, I work out of a home office too. And I know like, that's not for everybody that would make some people go like totally crazy. Um, but yeah, you, you do have to kind of lock yourself down and like have some, some dedication there to uh, work out of your house without getting too distracted. Yeah, so you you got a lot of you got a lot of things going on over there, which uh, you're, and then then you have a then you have a lot of clients there. You got mead and you got dis, distilleries and different you know breweries. You're doing it, yeah. So definitely those you have to watch how those meetings go. That could definitely uh, make for interesting yeah. make for interesting yeah. afternoons. Yeah. <laughs> so you you kind of solicited so that I, I really that was um, triple crossing, but I also noticed that you've done work with. Um, some, I'm not sure. Are mead are mead considered breweries or just? I guess they're called meaderies, right? Is that what the proper term is? A meadery, yeah. I do work with a, a meadery here in Richmond called Blackheath Meadery, um, and yeah, it's kind of its own thing. It's it's like a honey wine, so you know that's a whole other. They follow a whole other set of rules from the breweries as far as like legal, uh, you know, legal process and government warnings and stuff like that. So that's a whole other set of things when you're designing packaging for them that you have to follow. Is it does that still go through the TTB or is it separate? No, it still does, and and it's weird. Like uh, I joke with with Bill, the owner of of Blackheath Meadery, that um, you know, it just depends who's reviewing. You know, I do labels for him, and it just depends. You know, through TTB, who's reviewing it that day? Because we'll send something, and they'll be like, "No, this is." This has got to change, and this has got to change. And then we'll send all of their changes uh, the next day, and it's like someone else is reviewing it, and they're like, no, you've got to go back to this, or, you know, no, disregard what this person said. And it's like there's never any consistency, and it, it just it drives us crazy. Um, because, you know, in some instances we'll have, like, the word need on the front of the label, and they're like, no, you can't say need. You have to say honey wine. And then sometimes we'll submit honey wine. They're like, no, it's got to be need. So we don't have it figured out. I don't think they even have it figured out. But, yes, it's a totally uh, different set of, like, rules on as opposed to if you're doing wine or if you're doing beer packaging. So it's a total crapshoot. Um, so that's that's another one of those, like, sort of weird challenges, the, the less artistic side of being a graphic designer is, like, some of the rules you have to follow um, when you're putting together packaging and, and some of the tricks and, and things there. So always, always interesting, never a dull moment. Yeah, we interviewed um, Robbie Davis at Against the Grain. It's a it's a brewery out of uh, Kentucky, and he said that they would always have issues. They 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 had one person they even gave him like a nickname of the captain at the TTB that would just they he felt like they always get the same guy, and he would always just kind of I think he would reject just it felt he said they just felt like they would reject a couple of them just to just to kind yeah. of just to start you know. Yeah, so you never wanted to get the captain, I guess. But uh, <laughs> yeah, if you get, yeah, if you get a nickname, I mean, it's yeah, true. it's true. Though I mean, it's it's weird how it works that way. But it's I I don't think that regarding need, I've ever submitted something that they approved for the first time. I mean, they will always find something, some some sort of something in the verbiage, some word that we use that they don't like that they want us to change. It's it's really ridiculous. But you know, 
hopefully in time it gets better and they, you know, kind of regulate it a little bit more, I don't know, consistently. So always interesting. Yeah, mead's uh, something I've had, but I don't, I'm definitely pretty green on that. So I, I, what I've had, I've enjoyed, but I'm not, I wouldn't know. Yeah, X from Y on the on the mead scene, but I do really like your labels for them because if mead's one of the oldest forms of you know alcohol or however you want to describe it, wine, you know, around it's such a almost historic process, and so I think that you really bring that essence into the into the label work there, and even just kind of the the subtle use of the the honeycombs for the for the bees is is really I really like that a lot. Yeah, that stuff, um, it, his packaging kind of, I guess, like you said, it, it sort of has an old vibe. A lot of times he finds like old pieces of artwork, like scenes that he wants me to try to think about using. Uh, so, you know, we have to dive into public domain there. Um, but yeah, you know, he'll, he'll have like a muse or he'll have, you know, like, a, you know. A... Hello? Hello? Interview disconnect number one. The last, yeah, we were talking about the the mead, and the last you were mentioning about um, the muse, and so that was kind of where we got cut off. And it was it was probably an amazing story, so I apologize. That's always oh, that's okay. No worries, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I really said that much after that. So uh, okay, well, wherever you want to pick up is fine with me. Okay, so yeah, honestly, we haven't had that happen before, so that's kind of a that's a that's a sixteen ounce canvas exclusive first right there. So, oh, yay, yeah. nice! I, yeah. I like that. I I got the first disconnect. That's cool. Yeah, or you hung up on me and you're just being really nice about it. I know. So, I yeah. just you know I'm like I'm I've had enough of these questions. I'm out of here. I'm going like, to the bar. Yeah, right. You're like yeah, I'm on the way to the bar. I got disconnected. And now I've been talking about craft beer and meat. I need a drink. Yeah, right. Yeah, hopefully there's some. Hope, <laughs> yeah, hopefully there's some taste testing involved with the. You know, there really... is. You get, you get free samples too. I love it. I love going to um, some of my my beer and mead, you know, clients, and you know, we meet up at the the beer bar and everything, and it's an excuse to have some drinks, and you get some free samples, and they send you bottles to try out, and and that's that's one of the additional perks. So yeah, yeah, we're gonna, yeah, we're gonna just, we we've. Uh... So far, we've gotten we've gotten a couple of beers in the mail. That was pretty awesome so far, and you know, yeah. and um, some artwork. So that's been pretty. I, I was kind of shocked by that. So that was pretty pretty nice. You know, it was one of the. That's br- really cool. See, you picked you picked the proper genre to cover. So it's going well. Here. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> one of the beers, yeah, one, yeah. I even tried to, yeah. Once I knew that you were, um, once I again, I followed your technique and just continually harassed you until you agreed to be a part of it. That's right. See, you know the stalker technique too. Yeah. See, I just yeah, I'm, I'm, I call it yeah the Sarah Shannon. That's what we're gonna call it. That, that's, that's the move. That's right. Yeah. No. So once I figured out you're gonna be a part of it, I hadn't, I haven't, ha- I hadn't had triple crossing. So I traded, you know, some of my beer buddies and got some. So it was really cool to to get those in, in the mail and kind of. Do you see. remember what you drank from them? Um, I do. I do remember it was. Um, I think one was Falcon Smash. I think that was one. Yeah. Uh, Smash is like one of their flagship beers. It's a really good IPA. So yeah, that's, that's one of yeah, their that one. Ones. Yeah, that one, and it was Clever Girl. Those are the two I had, which was good. Clever Girl, actually, both of those. So you have to go head to head with them because they're both IPAs, and you kind of have to figure if you're Team Clever Girl or you're Team Falcon Smash. And there's like serious rivalry, you know. So you got to figure out which one you love more. Oh, Very well. difficult. Why? 
I would need to be sent a lot more to, to figure that out. I <laughs> know, but I definitely I, 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 I welcome the, the challenge. Um, one of yeah, the thi- exactly. and one of the things I Challenge loved, accepted. Yeah, one of the things I loved was on the Falcon Smash can. Now, in craft beer, it's very pairs well with this cheese or this, you know, chocolate or some things that, like, uh, maybe I'm not doing it right that I don't always utilize. But it was great. It had the old school, I believe it was the Nintendo 64 controller, and it says pairs well with, and it was just kind of the outline of that. And... I thought that, yeah, so I thought that's that was, what they do for a lot yeah. of theirs, and, and that's their idea. Um, and they'll say, like, we want to have it pair with something quirky, because, like, to your point, you know, anything could, you could find a pairing for a cheese or a chocolate or food for, you know, any type of beer if you wanted to. But, like, they like to do something quirky. They're they're kind of crazy dudes. Uh, so I think, yeah, Falcon Smash was uh, pairs well with, and it was like the old school, you know, controller and everything. But that's because Falcon Smash is based off of... Oh, what is it? It's Captain Falcon. It's Smash Brothers. Smash Brothers is a video game, right? Was that a Nintendo 64 game? I think that's what it's based off of. And there's a character that was like Captain Falcon, I think. Um, I have to go way back because that was a, a earlier one that I designed for them. So it's been a few years now. But I think that's what it was based off of. And they actually have a lot of beers that are based off of like old school Nintendo games. Um, they're actually kind of gamers over there. <laughs> they um, they have a lot of video game related or, or themed beers, so that's just one of them. So that's why it, that one pairs well with old school video game controller. <laughs> yeah, that was great because I it was like I said it was the first time I had it, and I was just kind of you know I was looking at it and checking it out, and it was just kind of yeah really subtle, and so that was I think that we featured that on the on the page, and yeah I just. I love stuff like that, like kind of little Easter eggs or just kind of subtleties that aren't just kind of like... Oh, yeah. I like to hide Easter eggs and, and stuff as much as I can, whether it's something that's like client-directed or not. I love to like hide little random things. You know, I'm doing an illustration and you hide like a little weird animal or something in the background to see if people notice. <laughs> well, excellent. You gotta have, yeah. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll, have to, I'll, I'll get some more of that. I'll get some of the meat and all the... I'll just, you know, just yeah. for, for research purposes only, obviously, but I'll definitely of have course, to pick up of some course. of that. Inspiration and research, of course. Only the most professional drinking, obviously. Exactly. I got, we will get along just fine. So with, with <laughs> now, you not only did do work on the labels and the you know, logo type of work, but even just the the physical stuff at the at the brewery or the the tasting room, right? Because that they continue to expand and they're really kind of growing in that in that very brewery or, or beer rich area. You know, Richmond, Virginia is really blowing up and, and for a positive. So that's pretty, that's exciting. Now, is there, I mean, that just seems like you're the whole, the whole gamut of things. You're really kind of, is there ever been projects that you're like, wow, I've never done this before. And here, you know, this is kind of crazy. You know, it's one thing to do print or do, you know, things with paper, but kind of huge type of brewery tasting room type stuff seems a little kind of overwhelming at times. Yeah. You mean like signage and, and stuff for, for their brewery and their tasting room, like expanding yeah. um, the that I've started and you know next thing you know you're designing like giant signs that are going up on the walls and posters and banners and stuff like that um even like weird things like especially with triple crossing they they really get branding they get consistency um so even like small things like when they have a um a special beer release on the weekends or something like they have lines that form at their brewery and so like they want me to even create signs that, you know, help people identify which line they need to stand in uh, for, you know, which 
can release or which bottle release or if they're just going in for draft beer or growlers or whatever. So like even like small things like that, that you wouldn't think like, Hey, you know, we need to go get this professionally graphic design, but it's really important because you want your brand to be consistent. You want like every single thing, even like your bathroom signage, you know, you want it all to look like a common theme and it sticks in people's minds and it, you know, kind of drives the point home. Um, And it's like the little things, it's the little things like that, that show that they, you know, go the extra mile to, you know, to work on their image that like it's important to them. Their image is just as important as, you know, everything else that's important to them, their, their beer and, you know, their, their quality and everything. So I appreciate that from a graphic design perspective that they want to, you know, call me and have me work on every little thing for them because, you know, it is, it's, it's cool. And I think it is important to kind of drive that theme home. So it's great. Yeah. Well, it is, you're doing a great job. I really, like I said, I, I just I like I like what I've seen. Obviously, you know I've limited in the tasting uh, area of it, but yeah. that's not that's not something that you're a part of. And so I, I I'm a big I'm a big fan of what what you're doing. Now, how is that the process from when a new can is going to come out to when you know you have the, the amount of time you have to to work on the label? Is how is again going back to your wearing you know 15 hats and juggling you know all those different projects how how is that that kind of life cycle for you um that depends also so they might have something that's a little bit more urgent um a little bit more of a rush and they might say hey in one week you know we just accidentally have this thing that we can't you know we we want to do this small batch release or something like that uh you know and, and i might not have a whole lot of time i might only have like a week or something um start to finish to brainstorm to come up with you know the first round go over first round with them go over tweaks um get it print ready uh, so sometimes it's, it's, it's a little bit fast. Usually they try and give me as much time as possible. Um, sometimes they'll have sort of experimental, uh, I guess like a series in mind that, you know, may not be produced till way later, but they want to go ahead and get the ball rolling, or it might be a series of several different labels or packaging and beers. Um, so I'll have a really, I mean, I'll have months, I'll have six months or something to, um, work on the whole series. Um, so it just depends, uh, Usually, I try to give them a week to two weeks for a first round. If it's like a big illustration um, or a, a larger labeling package, I might try and give them a week or two weeks um, to myself before I show them a first round, a first draft. So that's usually my standard, but it just depends. I mean, I can I can move really quickly if I need to, um, or if they want to give me more time and it's it's a you know bigger project, then you know I'll I'll have more time. So it just depends. Okay. And is it usually um, like what? What are deliverables? Are you, are you just doing the can, or are you doing other sort of creative with that for the when you when you do that point I'm in time? Sorry. Oh, I've done everything. So like a lot of times they'll say, "Hey, we're going to have a beer, and it's going to be called this. It's this style of beer." Sometimes it will actually be printed on aluminum cans, and so that's a, a longer process. Interview disconnect number two. we're back there we have it folks we are listening to episode number 22 sarah shannon foggy london town triple crossing 16 ounce canvas remember folks you can check us out via the world wide web 16 ounce canvas is our website 16ozcanvas.com you can find us on instagram facebook and the twitter get your twitter get your twitter here so on those three platforms, 
plus one to make it four. We've been trying to each one give a little different flair to it, mix things up a little bit, and we're trying to engage with you as much as possible. So don't be a stranger. Feels like a stranger. Name that tune, winner prize. Hashtag 160Z Canvas. Wherever you are, throw it up there. Give us some love. We have a little tie into the website. If you're tagging your stuff, it goes right to the website and gives a little post there for you. So, hey, get yourself a little love. Hashtag pound sign tic tac toe 160Z Canvas. And like I said, we have some great things in the works teasers, teasers, teasers. But don't be a stranger. So what do you think so far? I'm digging it. Like I said, I love the insight. I love the advice. I love the perspective on things and how she came to kind of be in her own and get her own thing going. Foggy London Town again, Sarah Shannon, episode 22. Triple Crossing. I've only had their beer a couple times, but it hasn't disappointed. And again, this is beer agnostic, but I do love when the artists are working on beer that I do love. So there are some selfish reasons at times that we reach out to some of these artists we would love to, to connect with them and that definitely is just me me being honest but it's a great experience it was, it was fun talking to, to sarah i know we got disconnected and and that was definitely a first for us when we were editing it was a decision should we edit that edit that out or keep it and we decided to keep it because we're trying to just show that you know it's a organic honest you know effort we're putting out here you know it makes it made for some good conversations it makes for good laughs i think that kind of was a after the first one kind of warmed up you know i was laughing and just kind of making light of it at her going down in you know 16 ounce canvas history as the first you know disconnect we've had which is pretty cool we've done you know almost 30 calls and had that first time happen so that was it was good it was natural it happened shit happens man if that's the worst problem you have in life, when you get low, uh, disconnected on a phone call, you know, all things considered, I'm pretty happy with that. So, yeah, 16 ounce canvas, Sarah Shannon, Foggy London Town, town with an E. So, Foggy London Town, Town E, T O W U N E. And then she's working on Triple Crossing. And one of my favorite things about the beers I had from them, you know, as somebody who I probably played more games, you know, a pre. Uh, creation of spawn my two boys um the falcon the falcon smash with the the pairs well with the old school nintendo 64 ounce controller i thought that was super kick-ass really subtle and really cool so if you holding those cans you know it doesn't say pairs well with you know a type of cheese or a certain meat or anything like that but it's just really well done and so i don't know i definitely was in Rich, richmond virginia recently and unfortunately the brewery wasn't open uh when i was there i was only there for a day but I had to get my flight so i was definitely uh bummed about that but it's definitely on my to-do list for my next for my next rva as the kids say my next richmond trip some great stuff down there too so it's a booming beer area and it's nice to to know some folks down there and hopefully get to, to drink some of the beer with them that is the goal. I know it was cool to cross that off, you know, speaking with Heidi in Portland this last week. But my hope is I get to meet all these artists. So I love when we do the ones in person, but, you know, definitely as I travel the country for work life and just for, you know, for the hell of it, it's nice to know there's folks around the country that, you know, believe in the project and hopefully we can get together and, you know, have a few cold ones and just kind of uh, commiserate, laugh, you know, catch a buzz, we'll see what happens, but... We're going to get right back into it. Episode number 22. Ooh. 
Sarah Shannon, six ounce canvas. Here we go. <laughs> so now I'm even more rare because I've gotten disconnected twice now. Yes, yes. It's so it's all yeah, it's fine. Um, where did we leave off? Uh, we were just talking about um, you know, the the process. They might have a, a a beer name. I was just trying to see like when you're sending over the creative kind of what what the full like the suite is like do you run with it in terms of you know other areas that i'll be using for promotions or just the the oh right 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 yeah so um a lot of times like they'll have different forms different variations of a beer so like they'll have it um i'll need to produce it so it, it could be printed on the aluminum can um sometimes they'll have that same beer and it's going to be released in um crowlers which are like these 32 ounce gigantic cans so that needs a separate type of label um, usually if they're going to promote it, you know, we'll need the social media stuff. So we'll have to set up like, again, I'm using we as me. Um, I will have to set up, you know, the face, Facebook, um, timeline header pick. I'll have to set up some digital stuff for them to put on their website. Uh, they usually do like untapped, um, the untapped menu pick or whatever, the photo that I have to kind of put together. Um, so I, there's usually a lot of social media stuff that, that goes out along with a beer release um, outside of the packaging. Sometimes they'll advertise. I've done print advertisements for certain things for them before too. So it is usually a bit of a package. I mean, it's the different types of um, labels that they'll need. It's the social media, it's the online, the web stuff, sometimes advertising, print advertising. Um, so yeah, it is, it's usually a package. It's usually not just the label and that's it. There's, um, typically a lot of other stuff that goes along with it. So. All right. Yeah. I, I like that. Yeah. I'm looking at the one now, uh, paranoid Aldroid, obviously kind of a nice, uh, tip of the hat to one of the greatest bands, Radiohead. So that's, I like that a lot. That's a nice, nice little subtle touch there. Hello. Interview disconnect number three. I'm just kidding. Hello? <laughs> Hello, yes. <laughs> it's so weird because, like, I'll hear, like, before it happens, I'll hear, like, a weird clicking sound, and then it's the dial tone. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's me. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm just on a... If it happens again, if it happens again, I can give you, like, my cell number, and we can try that if for some reason that might, you know, help. But, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm not sure where we left off again. Uh, I was talking, so I mean, I, 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 that usually okay. that usually causes people. I was just saying that um, looking at the website, uh, the new one of the newer cans, Paranoid uh, Aldroid, you know, a nice um, kind of tip of the hat to uh, without a without getting a C and D to you know, obviously uh, Radiohead, which I really like. You know, I think they're a great band. So exactly. I, yes. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, so that one, uh, the uh, Paranoid Ale Drive, yeah, it was based off of Paranoid Android, the Radiohead um, song, and I had based the illustration off of that style of illustration from the music video. So that one was actually one of their easier ones to design because it was so heavily based off of that video that, like, I already knew the style, I already knew the look and everything. So that one was, that one was easier. Sometimes they're a little bit more vague. Um, in their names that they give me. Sometimes they don't even really have a concept that they wanted. They just like the words. They like the name that they came up with. And they're like, I don't know what this means. Just, you know, go with it. Just, you know, see what it means to you. Uh, you know, see what, what imagery you could come up with. Um, so it just depends. Like, 
some of their names are based off of things like Halo, a video game, something like that. It might be based off of, like, for you had mentioned Clever Girl. That's obviously based off of a scene from Jurassic Park. So, you know, that one was kind of easier to work on because I knew I was going to be drawing a Velociraptor. Um, but, yeah, like, some of them are a little bit more obscure and kind of require a little bit more thought as to what I would come up with for that. So, yeah. Now, the process for for the cans, whether – had they moved to all of them being more of that, that wrap label versus the, the sticker, which was previously done? Or is that – is that kind of a currently, trans- transition? Currently what they're doing the most of is, so they just opened up a new location, you know, a few months back, several months back, actually. Um, so they're canning at that location, and what works best is they have, you know, whatever their automatic labeling machine um, does all that for them. So right now they've kind of moved over to large sticker labels. Um, they've done several different sizes of sticker labels before. A lot of them have been kind of trial and error as to, like, what works best. They have done printing directly onto the cans, too, onto the aluminum cans. We don't prefer that as much because I think we're limited to about five colors uh, when we're printing on the aluminum cans. And three of those colors are what are in their logo, you know, the, the red, the black, and the yellow. So you really only have two additional colors outside of that to play with your artwork. So... Uh, we could design, for instance, we for for Falcon Smash. Um, we really had to limit how we did that um, did that artwork when it was transferred onto the aluminum. Like we had to really reduce the layers and the textures and and the colors and everything. So that's not ideal. I actually prefer the stickers because you can do just CMYK. You can get away with pretty much anything. Um, so that is currently what they're doing, and it's it's a pretty large sticker. We've done some smaller ones too. And that's not so great because, you know, it doesn't give me a ton of room to play. Um, so right now I think what, what they're sticking with are these large stickers. Um, well, I'm happy about that because I have a, a pretty big canvas to work with there and, uh, you know, a lot of colors and everything. So that's great. Yeah, I find it interesting because the, the, the color limitation, that's something that has come up recently over the last, you know, four or five interviews and just depending on, the brewery and their their logo, kind of how much how much they're left with of the you know the traditional I think the the six that you're you're given. So I definitely yeah exactly. So it's yeah it's definitely tricky, but it's also kind of impressive. So I, I do kind of really appreciate oh, it's, that. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. Yeah, when you've got three colors that are already claimed by the logo, uh, and then of course you have to use like a lot of times there'll be a UPC and. A lot of colors just don't work great, you know, behind a UPC. You're kind of limited. You know, ideally a white box behind the UPC would be the best and easiest way to have a scanner read that. Um, so sometimes you're even more limited there. So it's definitely tricky uh, when you're working printing directly onto the aluminum cans. So I think most designers are probably a lot more in love with the stickers. So you get, you get a lot more uh, creative flexibility there. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, the one, the one guy I talked to uh... – Jason Burke, he does work with Pipeworks out of Chicago. He started using the actual aluminum can as a color, and he would leave the space blank for it. And so, but he said that can get a little tricky too. So he was kind of yeah, that's another to... technique that you kind of just leave the blank space behind it and let the silver of the can show through. And and that's kind of a little trick. It's like okay, well that can be an additional color technically uh, if I let the the actual metal show through. So. Yeah, designers, we're crafty. We always have to come up with some sort of little cheat or, like, trick or, like, you know, way to work around, you know, a hurdle. So that's that's one of the ways, definitely. 
Excellent, excellent. Yeah, so I I think it's yeah really great, and um, the cans are I, especially with knowing that you're kind of limited. Not to yeah, this sounds yeah you're limited with the color choices to, to what what you're doing with them makes it even more uh, interesting. So I bet you folk, folks on your, you know, the average, we're not the average folks, but you know, the average Joe doesn't realize the, the color yeah. limitations of, of the artist. And so, especially when three All of them, the limitations, but it still has to be cool enough that it like pops off the shelf and it like stands out when it's like on a shelf amongst like a jillion other beers. So that's, it's like, girl, you got to be super creative. You only have a few colors to work with, and it's got to stand out amongst a ton of stuff. So yeah, yeah, well, very challenging. Yeah, exactly. And I, so I think that that's just kind of, and also it's interesting. You know, there's different schools of thoughts with you know images and art for for beer and just drinks in general. This, you know, I think that choosing to to, to go with more of a story and kind of tying it into the the name of the beer and not being just like a oh hey look this is a beer can you know having a you know pictures of beer or, or people drinking it and i think there's probably limits i think what you can have in terms of drinking beer but just i find it really interesting being able to tell a story and kind of have a theme to it without just not being so like in your face hey we're beer we're beer we're beer so i think that's another unique challenge that you're you're, you're crushing yeah so. no thank you <laughs> thank you yes 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 so let me see so as a, so did you get to taste the beers before before you designed for them? Is that do you make that part of your process? Like we should drink a couple of these and try them out for just a help. I have done it. Uh, I have done it before on some occasions for beer for mead. Uh, for a lot of my my clients that I actually do um, food or drink for, but not always. And actually, I would say it's more common for me to not have tasted it beforehand. Uh, versus have tasted it. So a lot of times I don't even know myself what, what the product is actually going to taste like, what it's going to be. Um, so I still have to, that's another sort of challenge that, you know, you kind of have to design for something that you are sort of blindly designing for. Um, but so that's where communication is important because, again, we'll, we'll use beer, we'll use triple crossing. They've obviously tasted it because, you know, it has to go through several taste tests before it's ready to be released. So you're trusting that they are able to take what they've tasted and communicate what they want based on that to you, um, the designer, to be able to come up with a visual for. So I, I may have not tasted the beer. They've got to describe what it tastes like, what its feel is, you know, the body and everything, um, and then kind of describe what they want their art direction as far as the imagery that should match it. And so you've got to trust as the designer that your client is able to communicate that to you really well so that you can do your job. Uh, and that's always kind of a crapshoot, too. Sometimes you may have a client who's great at that, and they're they're really good, and they're very expressive. And then sometimes, like, you have a client that can only use, like, three words. <laughs> and so you kind of have to pull – it's like a fight. You have to pull the information out of them uh, so that you can do your job well. So that's another one of the sort of creative challenges that graphic designers have, and then particularly when you're designing for, like, food or drink. You know, that's just a additional layer of challenges. But it's fun, so – yeah, I think that yeah, I think that when people just like can't can't eloquently describe what they want, and then it's like that's not what I wanted, but they can't tell you what they want. That's got to be. But they can't, and, and that's that's a really common thing. I mean, that's every single graphic designer has gone through that. You know, not not everybody is really good at articulating what's in their head. They've got a vision in their head. They've got some ideas, and they they aren't great at verbalizing them. And and the graphic designers should be good. They should know the questions that they need to ask. They should you know, be pretty well trained in how to figure out that 
client's personality and how to pull that out of them so that they can do their job better. Um, and sometimes we do it, you know, better with some clients and worse with others. But um, that's that's sort of one of the challenges, the whole communication aspect. So it is it is always a little bit tricky. Now, yeah, another area which I find is is definitely takes a little thick skin is is the the passing of ideas and maybe them saying this is not what I want or I don't like this. How how would you, you know, how did you come to kind of get comfortable with that or do would you have any advice for somebody you know in your who's kind of up and coming you know how to deal with yeah, deal yeah. with criticism <laughs> or feedback in a positive way? You gotta way? have a thick skin. You gotta have a real thick skin. I mean that's one of the things that they first taught us when I started at art school at VCU is like you need to divorce yourself from the project. You know listen. Don't, you know, don't get all uppity if they don't like what you've done. It's not a personal insult to you. It's just they're trying to, they're trying to get you to do what's in their head, uh, and you're, you're trying to do it as best you can. They may not like it, and that's fine. They're, they're allowed to not like what you've done, and you just have to really have a thick skin and not take everything personally, but, you know, sit back and actually try to focus on what they're telling you and use that, um, turn it into something useful and not just, don't be childish, you know, and don't, don't, um, take their feedback as like, you know, personal insult or anything like that. But there's just no room for that when you're a graphic designer. Uh, you've got to listen to the client. You've got to keep the, the lines of communication open. Um, you know, you want to make them feel comfortable. So if, if you're getting all uppity because they're giving you feedback, then they're going to close themselves off a little bit and they're not going to give you very good feedback. And just the communication is going to be a wreck. So definitely thick skin. That's that's the way to go. If you can't do that, then maybe graphic design isn't for you. You know, you gotta you gotta be a little tough. Yeah, I mean, then the, the always the the always popular sports analogies, right? If everyone hit a home run or hit the ball every time, you know, everyone would be batting a thousand. Yeah. So I think that even the, the yeah, best exactly. it's not gonna happen. You're gonna have some flops. You're gonna have something that you feel really passionate about and you love and and you think is like the greatest thing you've ever done, and you're super excited to send that to the client, and then they're just gonna be like, ah. Uh-uh this isn't for me, I don't really care for it, and, and they're allowed to do that. Um, and for whatever reason, just because you, the designer, loves it and thinks it's the greatest thing, doesn't mean it is. You know, it's 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 all about what the client wants. So, yeah, you can't, not everything's going to be a home run, and so people need to realize that pretty early. Um, and then there might be times when you're kind of struggling with something and you're like, oh, this isn't, this isn't the greatest thing I've ever done. You know, I said it to the client, the client loves it, so you never, you never know. So it's, it's, it's interesting kind of getting into the client's head and figuring out like what they like, what they don't like, why they liked something or why they didn't. So always, always interesting. Yeah. It's yeah, that would, I'd probably cry a lot. So that would definitely be, be tough. Uh, yeah. In, in art school, like a lot of, a lot of the students would cry. They would be in a critique and like the, the professor would like rip their stuff apart. And you know, you're young, you're 18, 19 years old. And it's just like, Oh, you're super emotional. I would see a lot of students, like, leaving critiques crying. So, like, you kind of learn early. Like, thick skin, don't cry. It's going to be okay. You know, they might like it. They might not. It's nothing against you, but this is how it works. This is communication design. I mean, this is this is what this process is, and there's going to be a lot more of it. So you better get used to it now. <laughs> yeah, I think that if you're, yeah, to take what, you know, what client A might not like, client B might love. So, I mean, especially... If you know things that make the cutting floor of one client could be the you know the all star of the other client, so I think that's also exactly, yeah, and I, yeah, exactly. And I bet if you look at your portfolio from when you were you know in university, you know you probably it's what you thought was amazing then, you know, you probably would not. It's ha- awful. Oh my god, I can't even look at my college portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, good. It's oh, so embarrassing. Oh, well, I, I think it's all part of the process, right? It brought you, you know, he brought you here. It so is. You can kind of look at it as yes, like your sketchbook, true. right? You know, yeah, but. But you believe in yourself yeah. to take a chance and run your own business, right? And so I think you were doing something right. I wouldn't say that it's bad. I think what you're doing now is probably better, you know. And so in, yeah. in five or ten years, you'll probably look at that and say, "Oh, why did I do it that way?" Or you learn a new technique. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. No, that's true. So. Yeah, I think yeah, that's how I always look at stuff. You know, I definitely can be cr- critical, but it, if I if I didn't do that, you know, or take that step, who knows where where I would be today? So. Mm-hmm. So one cool thing again, I'm noticing you know, you know all these different you know beer clients throughout. I noticed that you know you'd done a we interviewed one of the folks over at Founders recently. So I noticed you'd done some work on the the smoked porter, which is a great label, and then even just a a calendar. So it's definitely that that's really that's really cool to to see that. How did that how did that come to to be? I got really lucky there. So at the time. Um one of their, like, art directors there, their, like, maybe marketing director, I knew him. He had lived in Richmond, um, and I had worked with him at the the graphic design firm that I'd formerly worked at. He ended up moving to Michigan. I think his family was in the area, and he he was working for Founders at the time. Um, and I think that they were – they had had a large graphic design firm that they would outsource to, and I think that they maybe ended that relationship and they were starting to look for an in-house designer. So I kind of filled in uh, just in the sort of in-between while they were still looking for an in-house designer um, because I knew I knew this guy who was working there. And I got really lucky. I got to design a, a label for them for their smoked porter. And then they did a bunch of other, you know, like calendars and some merchandise and stuff like that. So that was kind of cool that, you know, for a year or so, I got to do a couple little projects for them. Um, so it's like, yes, as a craft beer fan, I'm like, oh, founders, I love them so much, you know, like, oh. so it was, it was really cool to kind of work on a, a really big brewery, like a big, you know, sort of national scale brewery like that. Um, and that was good practice too. And, and, and a lot of fun. And I think I got some samples out of that. Too. <laughs> so that was good. Yeah. Again, we're noticing a theme here, Sarah. So we definitely applaud that yeah. uh, approach. But yeah, even just speaking yeah. with them, it was uh, it was interesting to learn about their processes versus a you know a smaller um, brewery and just kind of how the different phases go for it. And but yeah, it was really it's really it's really interesting. And so yeah, we were really lucky to to speak to to Brett over there, and he's doing some cool stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 He was again again similar similar to yourself for that kind of perseverance. You know, he was a avid beer you know beer fan and so he just kind of decided that he wanted to you know wanted that job and was wasn't happy where he was and so all you kids out there i don't know if you really appropriate to listen to a beer podcast but you know hard work and um you know pays off so i definitely applaud that it's a common theme of true hard work does off yes yeah again i i it's nothing harder than i think running your own business and so to wear all those hats i think that's one of the things that we're really kind of finding is that, you know, that entrepreneurial spirit to folks, you know, folk, you can be, you can be the best designer, best artist, whatever it is you're the best at, but if you can't run a business and you can't present yourself in a way, you know, there's probably a ton, yeah, of, and probably like, a ton so, of folks that are just are, are, well, I didn't get that chance or I didn't get that, but it's just, they can draw, but they can't sell themselves. So it's hard. Exactly. Yeah. So like my, my advice for that, like, uh, DC, like I said, that's where I went. They have a great graphic design program. They're churning out tons and tons of graphic designers in Richmond. I mean, there's no shortage of graphic designers here. It's very competitive. Um, but a lot of these kids, as soon as they graduate, they want to start 
with running their own business. They want to start, you know, freelancing and, and basically doing it all on their own. And I don't recommend that because I've seen a lot of those designers that that do that. Um, and they're missing something really important. I think it's really important to actually go work for another graphic design firm for, you know, year, you know, a few years or so at least. Um, once you get out of college, because you need that experience, you need to understand the whole start to finish, the whole print, um, you know, all, all the different sides of graphic design other than just making cool art. Um, you, you need to kind of get a little bit of experience working in groups, working with, you know, project managers and account managers and that whole process. There's a lot of process involved. And, you know, you kind of miss out on that when you just jump from college to running your own business. So I think... Uh, the best advice I could give to like kids who are you know graduating from college is you know definitely put in put in some years in a, a graphic design firm first. You know you're going to get great experience out of that, and then you can jump into doing your own thing. But like you said, hard work pays off, and you really do have to work hard. And you'll work a lot of hours, and you know you'll take projects home and, and everything. But uh, it pays off. It pays off, and it, it makes you a better designer in the long run. So that's that's my advice. And yes, definitely hard work. Hard work pays off, and there will be a lot of hard work. So, yeah, I I, I couldn't applaud it more. It's it's. I mean, there's so many. Fo- well, no, I just think there's so many folks in, in life that you know they think that you know they have these ideas or whatever, and a lot of folks maybe not the best at what they are, but they they work their asses yeah. off, and that's yeah, that's an invaluable that's a huge part of it. Right, I can you know you can work on line work, you can work on how to back their graphics, you can you know do this and you know all that stuff, but if you're just if you can't sell yourself you can't meet deadlines you can't do the other stuff and that doesn't mean anything really yeah exactly yeah little business 101 for you this guy went to business school it's working out <laughs> yeah there we go yeah a little marketing yep. a little marketing and it background dropping some knowledge for the kids all the kids at home scoring yep. <laughs> excellent yeah excellent 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 so from a when you're, you know, you're, when you're working, what is your kind of, what's the vibe like at the, at the office? Are you a music person? Are you kind of in kind of the, the zone? What's going on over there at a foggy London town? Uh, that varies too. It depends on the project. It depends on time of day. It depends on mood. You know, I might start my day off with like classical music and coffee early morning, you know, super chill, just kind of trying to like wake up and get into it. By the end of the day, I'm listening to like the loudest, you know, music that I can possibly listen to on, Sometimes I just want to be a little bit more zen. I might just, like, open up my windows and hear birds and stuff in the background. Um, it, it really depends. Uh, it depends on the project, you know. Like I said, when I was working on that sort of uh, Jefferson airplane-themed project, I was listening to that because you want to kind of immerse yourself into as much as you can. You're watching videos. You're listening to music. You're doing as much, as much research as possible um, to get into that mindset. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it depends. Sometimes it's it's bright lights and loud music. Sometimes you're sitting in the dark with classical music. Um, it really just depends. But, but yeah, definitely needing needing something, uh, you know, needing some sort of inspiration, be it musical or, or just nature or whatever, is is a big thing. So. All right. Now, what are I used to be a, a radio DJ. So what 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 artists you listen to? What's the heavy stuff you're talking to? What's on the what's on the foggy London town playlist? We're pulling up a, a channel. Um, I, it, it changes. Like, I, I listen to pretty much every genre except for country music. I hate country music. So, like, I might totally be into, like, 80s, you know, Michael Jackson and Madonna one day. I think yesterday I listened to Cold War Kids. I forget which album, but I was basically just playing that on repeat. Um, 
I know. So it just it totally depends. I mean, I might listen to like super cheesy like '90s pop one day. Um, I mean, it, it really it, there's not one certain thing. Um, it kind of just depends on the mood. So I'm I'm all over the place. As long as it's not country music, yeah. then I'll be happy. So we will play all so. the all the beds of music underneath the interview will be all country music. That'll be good. You'll really Oh enjoy. god, that would, that would be awful. I would never be able to do anything. I would not like that for some reason that genre I just cannot zone out to that. I cannot create to that. So that that is the one thing. If you want me to do really horrific design, just play country music for me because I will not be creative. Yeah, I would think of yeah. I, I mean I've kind of well now the definition of country has kind of expanded so much. I don't I don't know like the, the pure honky tonk twangy stuff i can't get into that but like i can like johnny cash and some americana yeah, stuff I can do like that. Well, actually i was listening to, i was listening to dolly parton um oh come what you still like yeah. i mean yeah that was god what was that like a week ago and i don't even remember what project i was listening to or what project i was working on and i don't even know why i picked that album and i was like singing along to it too it was really embarrassing uh so i guess that counts oh, I, good. I i suppose i have some exceptions to every rule so Sally Parton. Oh. <laughs> You're like, what the hell was I doing that for? How did I get down that rabbit hole? I know. I like now that you mentioned it, I honestly have no clue what I was working on. But I remember I was singing. Uh, you know, why'd you come in here looking like that? But anyway, which is a ridiculous song. Um, and that will be yeah, one, that will be one of the three beds we use. So thank you for that. We'll we'll do uh, we'll, probably, <laughs> okay. we'll probably do we'll do paranoid android and we'll figure out another one. We'll do yeah. Exactly. You're right. Now, what styles of what styles of beer do you find yourself drawn to? What are the, what are your kind of favorites? Uh, honey, you know that depends too. I love sours, like sour ales. I'm actually working on a sour ale series right now. Uh, that's something that, as my palate has kind of changed and matured, that I've started to really get into. Like, I think several years ago, if you handed me a Flemish sour, something like that, you know, I would have been like, "Oh, this is disgusting. It tastes like vinegar." But it, like, I love it now. Like Berliner Weisses. Um, and let's see. So, like, if it's hot outside, I might just have like a Hefeweizen, and something that's you know cold and light. Um, if it's if it's warm outside, I might have like a ten percent Imperial Stout, Russian Imperial Stout, something with a lot of body. You know, really roasty, like chocolatey, would be delicious. I um, I don't know. It depends. Like, I love IPAs. I love super fresh, like floral IPAs. Um, I'm I'm all over the board. I can't think of if there's anything. I don't like beers that are like overly malty. If it's like super raisiny sweet, I'm not into that. Um, but yeah, like uh, beer style, kind of like my music taste, that sort of just varies and it, it depends on mood. So. Okay. Yeah, I think that I do agree on the sour thing. I didn't. I mean, years ago, I well, obviously years ago, I think before that, I think that the craziest thing I thought of an IPA was like Magic Hat Number Nine. So I, I think I definitely have. Uh, oh, I know. Isn't it so embarrassing to think about some of the beers like? Uh, Things that I thought were probably like craft beers that were not, they were probably all like Anheuser, you know, Anheuser, InBev, whatever. Um, like if I go back and think about some of the beers that I first started drinking, uh, when I first even got into beer, before I even really understood like what craft beer was, I probably drank some pretty embarrassing things. So, you know, maybe I won't share that. But yeah, my, my beer palate has definitely um, expanded and matured. So. So you have to spin it again, just like your 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 quote unquote crappy work when you were younger. It's just it's part of yeah. the evolution of, of Sarah's you know, palate. There we go. To admit that maybe at some point I probably drank like Bud Light with lime or something, and I thought it was awesome. Oh god, oh, embarrassing. Yeah. 
Yeah, we used to have forty nights in college, so I don't. I think I definitely am not not not, not proud of that, but it was a it was a financial yeah, it was a financial like decision. What one of the first you know what I would have considered a craft beer, and I I can't even think like to your point, you say Magic Hat Number Nine, which is awful. Um, yeah, I mean it would have been something sort of a gigantic mass produced, um, not really all that craft beer. Uh, I can't even think what it would have been, but you know. I'm glad I'm not there anymore. I've I've matured and moved on. Yeah, yeah. One of our friends was an accounting major, and he was like in his fifth year. Like he was getting his master's, and he was the only one that had money. And so he, I remember him getting like harpoon, and we were always like, "That was like more like how much was that for a six pack? Uh, what are you doing? That's we awful. Was so, we're like that's so crazy, you know? We're like what are you doing? And he's like, "This is good." You're day. like, "Why are you spending so much money?" Exactly. Yeah. So so cheers to Pepsi. Oh, that was my, yeah, my buddy. Awesome. He, he turned us on. So that was. Come, we've come a long way, Sarah. We've come a long way. Yeah, exactly. Well, I wanted to just thank you for, for making the time to, to join us today. I really appreciate it. I think that I really everything I've everything I've seen of your work, not just from a beer perspective, but just kind of your robust portfolio. I, I love that. I love that it's kind of diverse. I don't want to say all over the board because that makes it sound like it's not uniform and kind of messy. But I just I really like that it's just kind of your your versatility and you know it definitely has if just from talking to you you know your um interest you know chosen in the different styles that you utilize and they're great i really like i really i really like what you're doing and so it makes me want to definitely i'm gonna be trying to get more triple crossing and i just i'm glad we were able to, to lock down some time and I, yeah. I just really i really appreciate it well thank you very much i hope i wasn't like totally boring no, you were not totally boring. You had good, en- you're full of energy. You're easy to talk to, and so you know I, I do appreciate that. I, I do have one question: the the Blackheath Meadery. They they just recently did a collaboration with the Vale, which is another Richmond um, yeah. brewery. Were you part of that design for the label? Yeah. So the Vale had their own designer basically do all the illustrations and everything, um, so that it kind of matched their style. And then I took those illustrations and put those into the label, so that it looked like it was a Blackheath Meadery produced item, which it was essentially a Blackheath metery more so than the, the veil, I guess, um, as far as the design. Um, so that was kind of two different designers trying to mesh and merge their ideas and their art together to make it look like it was Blackheath metery but also the veil. So that's always kind of a interesting thing when you have two designers trying to collaborate. But yeah, oh, I awesome. worked on that. So I, took, I took their illustrations that they did. That's kind of their branding and their style. So, and I moved that over into Blackheath Meadery's label sort of template that I created uh, so that it also looks like it's Blackheath, too. So. Oh, awesome. Okay. So, yeah, we that we interviewed uh, Tim Skirvin over there, so maybe that's who you worked with. So that's kind of... Yep, kind that's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Awesome. Awesome. So that was, yeah. yeah he's one, we had, he was um, on an episode few few probably a few weeks back. So, yeah, that's great. I was always cool. wondering that. I just put that together. I know I, it popped in my head when I was uh, closing out one of the windows. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. So we've been we've been kind of asking about that with collaboration. So it's really nice to to see how that goes. I find it interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I, I thank you so much for making the time. I, I do appreciate it, and uh, hopefully I'll be getting down to Richmond uh, again next couple months, and I'll make sure to to reach out. We'd love to to have one, you know, in three D, and just you know, thank you in person. All right. Well, thank you. All right. Well, you have a great day, and I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye, sir. And there you have it, folks, the essential, the one and only 
exclusive world premiere, Sarah Shannon, Foggy London Town, Foggy London Town with an E.com. Also, check out her work at triplecrossingbeer.com. You can find them also on Instagram. We were unable to convince Sarah to join the Instagram revolution, but she is also on Facebook. You can see some of the great work she has there. We featured her logo as the cover photo on the Facebook page. Don't know if everyone notices that every week. We subtly try to include another way to promote these artists, you know, one of their pieces of art on Instagram. We also use it to adjust the cover photo and try to get as much information out there as we can about them. So remember, simple, little fun fact, little tagline, but these are the artists that help bring your favorite beers and breweries to life. So next time you have that beer in your hand, hold it. Don't let it get warm, but, you know, just look at it and just take a level of appreciation there, that there was some extra thought putting it in there. That the designs, you know, at times, depending on the brewery and how they do it, whether it's a sticker or they print right on the aluminum can, there are color limitations and they're kicking ass. Not really taking names, because, you know, they're usually kind of go unknown. You know, I do applaud the breweries that put the artist's name right there on the can. But hopefully through what we're doing here, you know, some of our upcoming efforts, teaser, 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 we'll get that, you know, word out to even more folks. But, yeah, there's some great folks out there doing some incredible work. And just, you know, I love design. I love presentation i love marketing and insights and just way things are done to make things pop and you know convey a message or an image and these folks are doing a damn 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 good job about it so we are just lucky to be the catalyst we're lucky to be kind of the the person the megaphone to get the word out to to the masses and hopefully you're enjoying what you're hearing we do appreciate it so do us a small favor you know tell a friend Leave us a comment. Maybe head on over to iTunes, drop some stars. Five is a pretty good number. But if we, if you feel like, hey, you know what? AJ wasn't on his game this week. He only gets four stars. Then, hey, we'll set the bar higher next time. We'll come back. We'll fucking do it better than ever. So leave us a comment. Drop some stars. Let us know what you think. A review is super, super helpful. It helps uh, get us up there in the, the rankings, get the word out to more folks. We're trying to grow this organically, and we'll see where it takes us. But episode 22 is in the books. Sarah Shannon, Foggy London Town, Triple Crossing Beer, 16-ounce canvas. Back from vacation. Better than ever. What if we weren't better than ever? Like, what if I just said that and we just, like, mediocre shit for, like, the rest of the, you know, month? It was, like, back and below average than ever. Maybe. Let us know. AJ at 16OunceCanvas.com. Don't be a stranger. Until next time, we thank you, thank you, and even you, and you, and you. You're cool. I'm out.